wrestling fans, are you ready? For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! I'm back! Miss me? Ultimate Warrior will run forever! And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of WrestleRant Radio, right here on EC Radio. Cheap pop, much like Mick Foley last night on WWE Raw, making his first Monday night appearance in quite a while, from at least I remember anyway, at least one or two years since we've seen Mrs. Foley's baby boy on Monday Night Raw. So that was extremely exciting. As you can tell, we're all pumped up here on WrestleRant Radio. We've got Hell in a Cell on Sunday for what it's worth. I don't know what that means in 2014 with the product. It doesn't mean a lot. Yeah, exactly. With the product sucking as much as it does at this point in time, I'm not exactly sure what it means uh, at at this point in time. But with that being said, I'm still extremely excited to talk about Raw last night, Hell in a Cell this Sunday, and maybe even a little Total Divas. we got two new members on the cast. The fourth season coming January 5th, I don't think 2015. it's the fourth season. I think it's like the mid-season. I think it's still the third season, but they're like cut oh, in oh, half. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, I think they cut in half and then like January starting the yeah. second half of the season. And still nobody is leaving the is leaving the show. We've got two new members and then no one else is leaving, from what I know anyway. We'll have to wait and see. But that's another topic for another day. RJ making the money sign over here. That's exactly it. But we'll kick it off here. I got RJ sitting alongside me. How's it going today, RJ? Doing good as always. And of course, first time on the line, I'm sorry, second time in WrestleRant Radio history, we've got at Heel by Design, a.k.a. John Nichols, a.k.a. John Napolitano, one of my best friends in the world, CM Punk reference right there. John, how is it going today? Oh, it's me, it's me, it's HBD, top of the peak, freak of the week, John Napolitano of Awesomeness, I reek. I'm doing great, Graham, how you doing? Doing good, doing good, and of course, he is the author of John's Jargon at nextyearwrestling.weebly.com. We've talked in length about WWE in the past, and we, we traded a few tweets last night about Randy Orton's babyface turn and everything else going on in WWE re- right now, which we'll, we will be talking about right here on WrestleRant Radio tonight. But like I said before, we'll kick it off with Mrs. Foley's baby boy, the hardcore legend, former four-time, I'm sorry, three-time WWF champion, Mankind, Mick Foley, last night on Monday Night Raw. So how was that, RJ? What was, what was it like to see Mick Foley in living color on WWE Raw last night? Uh, he looked pretty beat up, uh, saw a noticeable limp walking down to the ring, uh, all those, uh, bumps and, uh, hell in a cell falls and all that stuff kind of worn up to him and finally, uh, starting to look like he got to him a little bit. Um, it's nice to see McFoley, nothing too major, obviously nothing close to the rock, but I guess with the product being so bad, maybe they keep bringing back older stars just to get like a little pop or just a little more viewership, but. His segment was what it was, nothing too major, but it's nice to see another veteran or legend come around and uh, spice up Raw in a segment that could uh, could have needed it. Oh, absolutely. I think Mick Foley's appearance last night on Monday Night Raw was definitely needed, considering that we had The Rock a few weeks ago on Monday Night Raw. We had Mick Foley tonight. I'm liking these surprise appearances from actual notable names in the wrestling industry. Hopefully, I don't know how many more names you can bring back, like Hulk Hogan. They're bringing back as advertised. That's not a surprise appearance anymore. Maybe you have Shawn Michaels show up unadvertised one of, those, one of these weeks. I don't know how much that means nowadays. 
especially with all that they did with HBK about a year ago when he turned heel and all that kind of stuff. But even so, I would love to see HBK, maybe even a little Kurt Angle on Monday Night Raw. I don't know how possible that is. We'll talk about that in a little while in the update on the Olympic gold medalist. But, uh, John, I'm going to get your thoughts on this. What were, you, what were you thinking? What was the first thing that went through your mind when you saw Mick Foley show up on Monday Night Raw last night? Well, I'm going to disappoint you guys really quick. I, you know, I'm a new college student, all right? You guys got a year on me. I'm a new college student. So as a, as a member of college with three other roommates, we do have to share the TV. That is, that is one of the luxuries that I do not get, is being able to watch every second of Monday Night Raw. So what happened was I was away from the TV when Foley made his entrance. As soon as I saw on Twitter that Foley was out there, I, I, I drop-kicked my roommate <laughs> through USA on to see Foley out there. And you know what? I thought the segment was gold. I really did. I thought that Foley gave uh, Rollins and Ambrose a really good rub, which is pretty much what they needed. I mean, it, it made me invested in the match for Sunday because – before his segment on Monday, I really wasn't not in either of the main events, to be honest, for uh, Hell in a Cell. But uh, as far as the segment itself, um, I was, it made me really reminiscent of 2008 when Edge and Undertaker were going to the Hell in a Cell. It was actually right before Foley left for TNA. But uh, it, it was similar. It was almost the same exact segment, if you recall, where uh, Foley was telling Edge, like, oh, no, no one no one comes out of Hell in a Cell a winner. You only survive. Like, it was... It was it was very. There's a lot of parallelism uh, to that segment and uh, the segment from this past Monday. But other than that, it's always good to see Foley on Raw. So you know, I was marking out seeing him. I didn't even think about that, John. You bring up a good point. I remember that second. I remember that segment very vividly. It was from that episode of SmackDown and. I think, interestingly enough, that was the episode of SmackDown that you came over my for my house for, and that was the first episode of SmackDown I think we watched together, if I remember correctly. That, was actually, that, is, that is correct. That is a true fact. So we're coming full circle here on WrestleRant Radio today. But uh, secondly, too, you mentioned this to me the last time we talked a couple days ago, but this is not the first time that you missed a big entrance, a big return here on Monday Night Raw. Oh. You missed The Rock's return as well, right? Oh, God, it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't. Around, around 10 o'clock, my roommates request that, all right, we've been watching Raw for two hours now, or an hour, yeah, two hours now. Do you think that we could uh, change the channel? They're not, they're not big uh, wrestling guys, but, you know, I really appreciate them uh, compromising. Let me get my Raw in. But uh, as soon as I saw The Rock coming out, too, I once again drop kick my roommate, grab the remote, and uh, put The Rock on TV. And they all loved it. They all, they're, not, they're not even huge wrestling guys. They all love watching The Rock just destroy Rusev on the mic I think the biggest thing with all these big returns right now in WWE is that they're all happening during halftime of whatever football game is going on. It was the case with The Rock, with Mick Foley last night, as someone pointed out to me. It's all during the halftime. And RJ, I want to talk to you about this because Jeff came up to me today. Of course, Jeff Stone, whatever his Twitter name is. What is, what is he on Twitter? People want to check him out. Jeff Napalm. So, I think it's Jeff Stone 8. Jeff Stone, uh, if you want to check Johnny him out. Napalm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he came up to me today. He said he was not watching Raw in its entirety, and I said I don't blame him whatsoever considering the fact that the, the product is so stale right now. I don't blame him whatsoever. But um, are you one of those people that only tunes in during the halftime, or do you kind of go in and out, or what's the deal there? Well, I have two TVs in my room, yeah. and they're both sitting right next to each other. So I'm a huge Texans fan, so I was watching most of the game last night, but then I have Raw on the other TV too. So it's I pitch back and forth, but... Last night I was more watching the game because it's more important, but it is. I did see the fully whole fully segment. I do watch Raw every week. I have the t- I have two TVs, so yeah, and one of them's mine, so I can just keep Raw if I really feel like it. But I watch it every week. But 
if something like if the game's really like good or something like that, I'll probably shy away from Raw because it really hasn't been too important really lately, and it's pretty much the same old shit every week, same matches, same segments. So I did see the Foley thing, but I see it every week. So yeah, yeah exactly. That's what you need to do, John. You need to get two TVs, so you, <laughs> yeah. you can have your own TV, yeah, and then your roommates can have your other one. So I think I'll have that's to invest in a second. Well, Christmas is right around the corner, so you never know. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I think the case is that that's going to be a very similar case with a lot of wrestling fans, especially going into the rest of the year and going into because football season ends right around the time that Road to WrestleMania kicks off. So they're probably not going to put a lot of emphasis into whatever's going on right now until WrestleMania season rolls around, which sucks. It was the same thing last year, the year before, the year before that. It always happens, so I'm not really surprised. But it is disappointing though because they have so much talent, and even though it's the same people, like someone pointed out to me last night on Twitter that. Okay, we got a two-on-three handicap street fight. Have we ever seen that before? It's something new. I'm like, well, it's not about the stipulation. It's about the fact we see the same people in the main event every well, single Was it even week. a street fight? They were tagging in and out. Exactly. My referee, Mike Chiodi, he was like, John don't know what I'm talking about. You remember the referee, John, at WrestleMania 26? What was his name? Bruce Hart? And he was making uh, all the... Bruce Hart. Bruce Hart's older brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was in, like, was no-holds-barred match, and he was, like, there counting was, them there, out anyway. The man- the, the man was counting to 15. Go back <laughs> on the WWE Network. You could hear him like, 13, 14. That's a, that's a long count there, Bruce. That's what re- it reminded me of last night on Rowan. Mike so Kyoto was like, when he had him up against the ropes or in the corner, he was like, counting. Now, I don't know if he was counting, but he was like, bring him out. He was like, why? It doesn't matter. Like, exactly. In a perfect world, Orton and Kane could have gotten out into that ring at any point in that matchup and just beaten the I- crap out of him. I, I tweeted JR, you know, for the off chance that he might tweet me back. And he did one time, too. He did. He has tweeted me before, but I was I was thinking, why is there a tag rope system in this handicapped street fight? These guys could literally enter the ring whenever they so choose. They could, they could just knock the referee out and just brawl into the crowd. Like it doesn't, why, why is Cena holding on to the tag rope? Exactly. There's so many small things what is wrong with wrestling now in 2014. It's all those little small things. And JR points them out on his podcast all the time, and I don't really blame him. I know we're not going to go back to the old school days. I understand that. But it's sometimes these very small, intricate things that make the biggest difference in wrestling. But we'll go back to the topic at hand here. Mick Foley. Um, John, I'll ask you you real quick. Um, Do you think Mick Foley is going to be sticking around here in WWE? Do you think he signed a new contract, a new Legends contract? Or do you think it was just a one-off appearance for the hardcore legend? That's tough to say. I know he's very dedicated to what he does outside of the WWE. I know he he, he has, takes a lot of pride in um, everything he does outside the ring. So I, I wouldn't expect to see him too often. I imagine that, you know, this was a stunt to really pull over the viewership from the uh, Monday Night Football game going on. But uh, I wouldn't mind seeing fully, you know, in a, in a more active role. But uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't expect to see him around too much. I know he was polling his uh, Facebook fans earlier today in one of his posts or something that he usually puts up uh, about what role he, they would like to see him in on WWE TV. He said he had a few ideas of his own. I know he was on WWE TV regularly, if you can even count this, but um, the Saturday Morning Slam show that they had a couple years ago, I know that he was a general manager of that show. They never really utilized him after that, after the show went defunct. And um, I think he refused to sign the Legend contract earlier this year so. It'll be interesting to see if he signs a new contract with them and shows up every once in a while. Like, a couple years ago when he first came back, and he did that whole thing with John Cena. Remember that? The, this is your life thing with the, the mock of what Rock did with Mick Foley. And when Mick Foley, his first appearance back in the WWE in over three years, since that segment that John was talking about before, he did that terrible segment 
And I know he loves Christmas, but he was Foley Claus a couple times. He never did anything meaningful, but last night's segment I thought was great. It definitely put emphasis on Hell in the Cell, especially the Rollins and Dean Ambrose match, which has you know, been building for four or five months now, so that was really, really helpful. But RJ, I'll ask you, do you see Mick Foley sticking around going forward? No, I don't think so. I feel like he was just brought in for the Hell in the Cell to spice it up a little bit since he's pretty much the king of Hell in the Cell. But... I don't know. I don't see, he's not going to wrestle anytime soon. I don't see him doing anything like announcing or just he's more of like a one come once in a lifetime kind of like come back once in a, every certain mm-hmm. amount of time and make a little splash, but nothing too major. Yeah, I think you only show up every once in a while. And like you said, he only showed up to put over the the, the destructivity of the Hell in the Cell, how vicious that cell structure can be. And if you really think about it, going into Hell in the Cell, we really haven't heard much about that whatsoever. I know Kane kind of commented on it in passing a couple weeks ago. might have been on SmackDown. But Mick Foley was really the only one, aside from that video package last night, that said Hell in Cell is all about the numbers like they do with uh, the Chamber every year and Royal Rumble, Rumble. and Money in the Bank. Yeah. They do it all those kind of matches too. So I'm glad to see they put that up. But aside from that, that cell structure, it hasn't meant anything in years. And we'll get into this uh, probably right now. We'll probably talk about it right now. Um, RG, I'll start with you. Do you think the Hell in a Cell has, first of all, lost all meaning? I'm pretty sure I know the answer to what I'm about to ask you. But um, And do you think the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view is necessary? Do you think the match is necessary? And do you think it really has any buying power? Do you think people are going to buy this pay-per-view just because it has two Hell in a Cell matches on the card this Sunday? I think for newer fans, they might buy it just because it has Hell in a Cell. But it just... It doesn't have the meaning as it used to do. It just like the pay-per-view concepts of all these specialty ones are just so stupid. I just don't understand it. Instead of having like someone fight in a Hell in a Cell because it actually means that they have a pay-per-view. Like, why the hell do we have to see Randy Orton Cena in a Hell in a Cell? Their, their feud's not like to the point that that Hell in a Cell's like the end-all, be-all. Exactly. Like that's what it used to be. Like that used to end feuds like Triple H and Kevin Nash and like all those good match Batista Triple H like. Used to have great Hell in a Cell matches like that ended feud stuff like that. Now it's just kind of like up oh, Hell in a Cell again. Like that's like kind of like TLC and like it's Money a time in the, the Chamber. Exactly. Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank's still good, but it's just because it's the concept of Money in the Bank. Yeah. But like that's just like it just kills Hell in a Cell because like what's like it doesn't like mean much if Randy Orton and Cena are in it or like it means something I guess for Ambrose and Rollins. Cause hopefully they just finish that feud because it's been going on for so long. But um, it just. The concept alone is stupid. I just hate all the specialty pay-per-views in general, but it's what it is. Can't really complain about it when nothing's going to get changed. It's just that time of the year again. I mean, they've been doing this for four or five years now. I think it first started in 2009, so about five years, and I can't believe it's been that long. But I I just don't see the pay-per-view numbers going up. And I know it's different now with the WWE Network. It's not about the pay-per-view numbers, but it's not a drawing point in 2014. Maybe it would have been for like a one-off match. Like you said... If they do it at SummerSlam one year, like when they did it at WrestleMania between Undertaker and Triple H, was it necessary? Mm, arguably, maybe. Arguably, probably not. I thought it was cool, though, considering the Undertaker and Triple H are two of the Hell in a Cell veterans. You can go either way, but at least it enhanced the specialness of that matchup. You know yes. what I mean? Randy Orton and John Cena, they faced off in the Cell five years ago. Maybe it would have meant something more five years ago when they were actually in a feud together. It's, now it's just a loser of this match and loser of that match facing each other inside the match that's supposed to be the be-all, end-all of all feuds, but this is not really a feud. It's more of a feud that we've done, that we've seen so many times. Or a cycle feud, pretty much. Exactly, and they like to put it over as one of the greatest feuds in WWE history. 
Maybe it is one of the biggest feuds in recent memory. I wouldn't call it the greatest. I would say Punk and Cena was better. Edge and Cena was better by far. Um, but they just don't have great chemistry. In the ring, they've never really had the amazing matches. You know what I mean? I like Cena. I like Orton. But in the ring together, they don't make the best of opponents. You know what I mean? Especially inside the cell. I guess we'll see on Sunday. But, John, I'll ask you. Do you think the cell structure is lost all meeting? Do you think they need to eradicate the overall concept of the pay-per-view altogether? Well, I argued in 2009 when they first announced that the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view is going to be a year-round thing, that this is going to this is going to ruin the match. I mean, like like RJ just said, it's a match that ends feuds. It's a match that where a, a long story rivalry culminates into the Hell in a Cell. And when I, I knew when they were going to make this into an annual pay-per-view that there's going to be something wrong with it. And I actually wrote an article about this on uh, John Stargan about the longevity of concepts in the WWE, and really, when you think about it, how long can they air the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view until it becomes worthless, which, in my opinion, it, it already is. It's a match that uh, we're being, if, if you will, we're being forced in, all right? It's, it's, they're doing the Hell in a Cell match for the sake of doing the Hell in a Cell match. To be honest, these rivalries, like, there may be an argument for Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, because they've been arguing, they've been, uh, they've been, They've been feuding since uh, early this summer, and uh, but John Cena and Randy Orton, there's just absolutely no reason to put these guys in the confines of a cell at all whatsoever. But um, I really do uh, appreciate uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose going into the cell, but like I said, it doesn't mean as much as it used to. So I don't know. No, I definitely agree. I think Ambrose and Rollins does deserve be, to be in that cell, and I've talked about this a couple times in the past, but I think... Ambrose and Rollins can be one of those feuds that they can go back to multiple times over the next couple of years. It's one of those Triple H and Shawn Michaels feuds, which was also in the cell. I'm not putting them that on right, the same Don't put level. them even close to that high. No, no, no. I'm just saying they're the equivalent. <laughs> I'm not saying one of them is Triple H. I'm just saying it's that kind of feud. You know what I mean? I don't know you if it's that kind of feud either. That feud was – that's probably one of the best feuds ever. Uh, I, that definitely – I was kind of disappointed. Or actually, it is in 2K15, isn't it? It's one of those feuds that you can relive along with John Cena. I believe it is, which is pretty cool to see because I love Triple H and Shawn Michaels. They had a heck of a Hell in a Cell match. Actually, we'll get to that in a little bit, our favorite Hell in a Cell matches, but – um, I definitely do agree that Ambrose and Rollins may have an argument to be inside the cell, but for the most part, though, um, the cell structure, the pay-per-view as a whole, needs to be done away with because it's not bringing in any new fans for the most part. It's not doing anything for the matches. If you rank the best Hell in a Cell matches of all time... None all, of them are even on that pay-per-view. Yeah, exactly. All of them, the, the, every single Hell in a Cell match from the last five years, with the exception of Taker and Triple H from WrestleMania 28, would not be on that list. You know what I mean? So... I'd actually like to make one point. Um, I, this is another thing that I read on JR's Twitter. And it was, in a PG era, what is creative going to do with two Hell in Cell matches that can differentiate between the two and make it seem like a hellacious structure? Meaning, how many spots can they do in Wallace and Ambrose's match that they're not going to do in Cena, or, in Cena and Orton's match but still make them see, seem like dangerous matches? Like I said, we're in two, it's 2014. No one's climbing up and no one's getting thrown off. So really, you're confined into the cell. How many spots can you do with two main event matches to make the matches seem unique but equally dangerous? And that's exactly why they should only have one Hell in a Cell match. If they're just going to do, if they're going to keep this pay per view, if they're going to be stubborn and keep the pay per view, we can't really do anything about it. But if they're going to do that, they need to have at least or, or only one Hell in a Cell match. They can't have two because. 
Cena and Orton, I don't know why they're doing it with them. I mean, we've there have been pay-per-views in the past where we only got one cell match. There's been a pay-per-view in the past where we got three Hell in a Cell matches. But on this show, the only real match in need of it is Ambrose and Rollins. But with that being said, though, um, John, I'll ask you first. Do you think that Ambrose and Rollins will main event Sunday's pay-per-view? Or do you think that they might give the nod to Cena and Orton due to star power? That's actually a really tough question. Um, as far as the the superior of the two matches, who's going to put on a better show? You got to hand off to Rollins and Ambrose. You can put your money on them, but they're going to they're going to put on the better match. They're going to have a more entertaining match. So, as far as entertainment value, I would I as a general manager or as a book a booker would uh, put Ambrose Rollins on last. But in order, in order to make John Cena and Randy Orton not seem like an afterthought, which they are, in order to make it seem like, oh, yeah, this is, this is a number one contenders match, definitely, uh, let's put them on last so it feels special. But there's there's uh, there's no reason to put them on last. Like I said, I'm not going to get into this because yeah, I can talk about I can talk for hours about how this match means nothing. But uh, I, if I were the booker, if I had the book, I would put uh, Ambrose and Rollins on last. From a storyline standpoint, I think it does make the most sense to put Ambrose and Rollins on last, especially since it's not like, like I said before, it's not really all about bringing in the viewers. It's not a Royal Rumble pay-per-view. It's not a WrestleMania pay-per-view where I can see where they might be a little, a little hesitant to put two young guys in the main event. But this is a pay-per-view that's always done poorly in pay-per-view buys that people aren't going to really buy regardless so why not take a chance and put two young, up-and-coming guys in the main event? You know what I mean? So it really doesn't make much sense to me if they put Cena and Orton in the main event just because it's a number one contenders match, because you take that away, there's nothing to this match whatsoever. There's no feud, there's I, nothing. I actually, to correct you and recant my statement, if you go back to last night's Raw, when they advertised this match for this Sunday, it did not say a number one contenders match. It no, said, it's a, yeah, it's a future it, title shot, yeah. The, the winner gets a title shot, yeah. which leads me to believe that it's not happening at Survivor Series. No, you yeah. Know, it said f- it's a future title shot. I didn't, it. like, specify when it was going to happen. Yeah, exactly. We'll get to that I, in a little I've read, bit. I've read that they wanted to keep Lesnar out of the ring until next year. Yeah, we talked about that last week, and then they might keep him off TV to the Royal Rumble pay-per-view, which I could see them doing. I don't want to see it, and not by any stretch of the imagination, but we'll get into that a little bit when we get into our Cena-Orton predictions. But, RJ, I ask you now, um, what do you think should main event, and what do you think will main event Hell in the Cell this Sunday? Ambrose and Rollins or John Cena and Randy Orton? I think Ambrose and Rollins should end it, but I feel like Cena and Orton are going to end it. I some reason after Raw, I feel like there might be some Lesnar involvement in the match. Um, after Orton RKO'd um, Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman, maybe get a double DQ or like knock them both out. Maybe a triple threat for the title. I don't know. He still has that bad blow. Cena, Orton RKO'd Heyman, so it might be some bad blood there. So I don't know. I feel like Amberson Rollins. If they're gonna have some good spots, then Amberson Rollins should end it. Like they could like. Maybe them two could escape the cage or break the door down or something like go through the cage like Ambrose tackles on the cage and then obviously can't repair the cage for the next match. So I feel like if you want to get better spots, stuff like that, a better finish, go with Ambrose and Rollins. But how it is a championship-esque match, I guess, they probably would lean towards Cena and Orton. It's not like, I don't know, I feel like they just don't, they're just, if they're going to highlight the paper, they're going to have Cena and Orton's name on it. Yeah. Like, if you're going to buy the paper, you're going to buy Casino Orton over Ambrose and Rollins. Yeah, I see what you mean. I I know from a storyline standpoint, it makes more sense to put Ambrose and Rollins in the main event, but 
if we're talking about star power here, and we're not talking about we're, we're talking about fans that have no idea what's going on yeah. right now. Who would you buy the pay per view for? Two guys you don't even know, or, or John, John Cena, Cena and Randy Orton. Exactly. So from that standpoint, I, may, I I understand from a business standpoint, I get why they would do it, but as a fan, I don't really want to see it. Ambrose and Rollins makes them more more sense. Of yeah, the but what it, say that they do put on a hell of a match, and then Cena and Orton have a good match. Would you really care that Cena and Orton were last? Or like, I don't think it really matters who's last because I feel like they can come up with creative spots because I mean, two totally different matches. So I could, I'm not gonna like. Ball my eyes out of no, it's Dean Ambrose. Like it's not going to be that bad of a big of a deal if they aren't last. But it's just, it is what it is. Like I don't know. I feel like they, they're going to probably put the match that has bigger implications last. Dean Ambrose and Rollins is just an end of a feud. Cena and Owen are going for a title shot. So I just think it really all comes down to what will be the better match. I understand there's more on the line in terms of the Cena Orton match now with the you know with the title match hanging in the balance. I understand that. But that being said, I think, I mean, it's really hard to say, but Cena and Orton, they did have a good sell match a couple years ago. But aside from that, it all really goes back to what I was saying before. They've never really had the best of chemistry. Yeah, but if you go enough skill over how good the match is, then why was Payback the finisher? The end of Payback was Daniel Bryan versus Kane. Oh, and Extreme it, Rules? Yeah, oh, or yeah. Extreme Rules. And then there was Shield versus Evolution, which was a way better match. You kind of got to, like... I don't know. I feel True, like true, but that was a title match. It was though. a title match, but still, it's Kane, and Dana Bryan. I know, I know. Kane, come on, yeah. people. I, yeah, Kane in 2014 does really nothing for me. Whose new movie is out today? See No Evil oh Two. If you want to get it on God. DVD, which they were promoting the heck out of last night on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine ninety nine, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it'll so. probably be on the VOD section of the WWE Network before long. But that being said, though, a uh, lot of talk about that. On Monday Night Raw from last night, other really talking points. Not much aside from Mick Foley, Orton, Cena. Um, all that other kind of stuff. Actually, on the topic of Randy Orton, we talked about this a little bit before RJ, about two or three weeks ago. John and I were talking about last night on, on, on Twitter. RJ, I'll ask you first. Randy Orton, he's been a very interesting one to watch over the last couple of weeks. I mean, we predicted this about a month or so ago, but it's finally starting to come to fruition. A Randy Orton babyface turn. It wasn't really evident in the promo, but the RKOing of Paul Heyman and also getting attacked by Seth Rollins afterwards... Do you see a Randy Orton babyface turn happening within the near, within the very near future? Do you want to see a Randy Orton babyface turn? And do you think a match with Seth Rollins is in the cards before the end of 2014 or even at WrestleMania? I feel like he's gonna be like he's on that turn to become a babyface, but he's gonna be like that anti-hero babyface, so he's still kind of a bad guy. Because look at if they get rid of him as a heel, they have Seth Rollins and Kane. That's pretty much it. So they can't really afford to lose. Him as a heel, so pretty much anti-heel. Like, he's still going to be that sinister, like, bad guy, I guess. But he's obviously going to go against heels as well. But um, I feel like Orin has kind of been treading water since WrestleMania. So hopefully he gets a direction. Maybe go against Lesnar, which could be a brand new, uh, not a brand new feud, but a feud that's fresh that we haven't seen in so long. Even though they wrestled a little bit in 2002. But nothing too notable that newer fans would even know about. So hopefully Orin... Gets a babyface run and can go against Lesnar and get a new fresh start. And maybe, I guess, if waiting to fight against uh, Lesnar, if that title shot takes X amount of months, he can wrestle against uh, Seth Seth Rollins. Rollins And then maybe Cena and Dean Ambrose can spark up their feud again. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I think that a babyface turn's good for anyone. He's starting to get some. uh, Starting to get over a little bit more now, and uh, he's getting more momentum. Yeah, so. and he's—I feel like it's his time right now to start sparking up towards uh, WrestleMania season. 
I'm finally getting excited about the Randy Orton character for the first time in a long time. Because like you said before, I want that 2010 Randy Orton back, that anti-hero. And I think last night's segment was so a prime example of that. Because he, he not only attacked John Cena, but he attacked Paul Heyman too. So if he kind of, you know, plays that boundary, I'm not saying he should be the next Stone Cold Steve Austin. But if he goes after the baby faces and the Paul Heymans and the heels... Then I would like to see that because I think that's where Randy Orton does his best work. He can be a great heel, don't get me wrong. That's where also where he shines. Like we've seen, you know, in small doses over the last couple of months, but it's never consistent. As long as he's associated with the authority, which he will be for as long as he, as he's a heel, then we'll never really get that great Orton that we've you know come to know over the last ten years or so. You know what I mean? And I really, like you said before, really, really, really want to see him and Brock Lesnar. They did have one-off match on SmackDown, like O2 or something. But like you said, RJ, never on the caliber of a pay-per-view, never over a championship. And I would take that years over a John Cena, Brock Lesnar four or even five if you count their backlash match from um, 2003. I would take that over Cena and Lesnar again any day of the week. But John Cena, I, uh, John Cena, John, I'm bringing <laughs> this to you. Um, your thoughts on Randy Orton possibly going anti-hero? Do you think it's the best thing for his character at this point in time? Well, we all know that no Orton babyface run is a real babyface run. Me and Graham have said this countless times. Orton could punt a baby in the skull, and <laughs> people, will, people will love it. Um, so I'd like to see Orton become, you know, the, the tweener that he was. You mentioned 2010, but... Uh, I kind of I kind of dug the 2012 Randy Orton where he was more babyface than tweener, but you know he was still still the badass mutton chops and everything. That was that was where I thought he, he shined in 2012 uh, or 2011. I apologize, 2011. The feud with Christian, yeah, yeah, Christian feud. I'm sorry, that's that's my bad. But um, no, I definitely see Randy by changing Randy Orton's character. One thing that I I definitely like to see is that. Now, if Orton does become face, then the authority is losing its, like, not its, obviously not its major star, but its credibility. Because when you have a Triple H, Seth Rollins, and Kane, so hopefully if Orton were to become babyface, leave the authority, the authority would, you know, become, go on the decline. Stop appearing on television as much. You know, maybe Triple H can become the unbiased authority. You know, not necessarily out to get John Cena, but just, you know, uh, a guy, a guy in power that we don't see on TV every week opening the show, because uh, you know without Orton, you know it's just Kane and Seth Rollins. That, 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 then we could transition into a period post Authority, which is something I've been waiting for for months now. Um, but I'd really like to see a new direction for Randy Orton. Um, and as far as him going up against Brock Lesnar, uh, I think he has a lot of. Um, that credibility to give him. There's a long way to go before he can get up that level. And it seems like, to me, if he were to just automatically be thrown into a program with Brock Lesnar, it's like, oh, well, Orton, you're the number two guy here, and John Cena's got nothing going on. So, here, why don't you go up against Brock Lesnar? So, I think that Orton's going to have to have a uh, program prior to going up against Brock Lesnar. If I had the book, which, you know, the world would be a better place if I had the book, um, I, I, what I do is I uh, cement Orton as a babyface and then have him go against Ambrose, tweener versus tweener, for a couple months. Uh, and that leads him up to Brock Lesnar. Uh, in the meantime, we got Cena and Rollins going at it. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's my, in my imaginative world. But um, I'd really like to see a new direction from Randy Orton. 
The Authority has been around for so long now, I think it's time to do away with it. And I think a lot of people thought it was going to be blown off at WrestleMania this past year after Daniel Bryan beat Triple H, Daniel Bryan's a new champion, all this kind of stuff. But it still went on and they're still kicking off the show. I think it was you, John, that tweeted me last night that was saying, how many times have we seen this on Raw for the last couple of months? And I even said, we've been seeing it for the last year and a half in Monday Night Raw with The Authority kicking off the show. And um, I definitely agree. I think Raw... Would be great. I think Triple H, as great of a heel as he is, the whole authority stable, especially with Kane involved. And Kane and main events on Raw in 2014 does nothing for me whatsoever. But um, the role that Triple H has in NXT as that, like, proud dad kind of role, you know what I mean? Like, that kind of role. I think he shines as that kind of character. So I would like to see him kind of transition into that at some point in time. Not the babyface Triple H where everything revolves around him in 2011 where like the whole walkout thing and Triple H was like the number guy in the number one guy in the company. I'm not a fan of that Triple H, but if he's heel, he's got to go on his own. But if he's not, the tweener kind of Triple H where he's unbiased and he's not on TV every single week. And it's nothing, it's not doing anything for the ratings either. I know they started bringing back the McMahons about a year and a half ago for ratings purposes, but Triple H has been on TV for so long now. That it's not doing anything for every, for anybody. So um, one, I thing, one thing that I conceived actually was the authority is a, a, a stone's brick. But what happens if you know maybe bring Shane McMahon into the fray, throw him as a, as a new member of the authority? You know that would give it so much more flair, so much more rub. I would I would that would be a whole new meal for me to digest. So that that was just a call I had. You know. Well, what if you had Shane McMahon there, the, the evil cohort of the Triple H? People were thinking that Shane McMahon, uh, Shane McMahon would be back before WrestleMania this year to rival the Authority, either him or Vince, and that never really happened. But, um, yeah, whether he's a heel or a babyface, Shane McMahon should be back in WWE. I think we've talked about this at length before, right, RJ? Yeah, but I don't know. I don't see him. He has no involvement in the company right now. I don't see him coming back anytime soon. I think I, I don't think he'll be back in a solid role like that. I would love him to be. I don't see it being likely. I know he mentioned in an interview. Why, why don't why, why wouldn't you guys see that as a likely possibility? That I, I don't see it as a possibility right now because he's he has no involvement with the company at all. He has no stake in the company right now. He's in neither, neither did Nick Foley though. Yeah, but he's he not going to put Shane McMahon. He's not going to quit his other or leave his other job that he's like a VP at just to come back to be a part of the authority. If he's going to come back, it's going to be something big. If anything, it would be like him versus Triple H for something big in the company or something like that. Like, it has to be something big for him to come back. He's getting I'm older, saying, too. I'm not, saying put him, I'm not saying put him in tights, but you're telling me if Shane McMahon's music hit, you wouldn't pop like a little girl if, if his music hit? I'd pop, but I just don't think, like, just because he comes back, does it, he has to be in, like, an active role to really, like, cement Shane McMahon's back. Well, this let's, is the, let's say he's not an actual. Let's say he comes back, gets the pop, gets the ratings. Everyone tells their friends, "Oh my God, Shane McMahon's on Raw. Watch Raw." And then Randy Orton punches him in the head. All right, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, you know, bring Shane McMahon to the fray. You know, make it a little more interesting. Give me a different flavor. All right, you've been feeding me, you know, steak and potatoes for since SummerSlam 2013. Throw a little green beans in there. I don't know. I feel like Shane McMahon's best days are him in the ring. Hey, like I said, he's never really been in a like a authority kind of role really he's always been on his own when he was 03 against Kane stuff like that he came well, back but, like and, with the McMahons but he's never in 99 with the corporation he was with his dad yeah but that's early he was a referee still at that point but like 
03 and stuff when he came back came back for Linda for the save for the McMahons like go against Kane like that was a great Shane McMahon feud like obviously that was one of the better feuds in 03 but like that like cemented Shane McMahon like he'll do whatever it takes to fight for his family like Hell on a, he went to street that uh, last man standing match against Kane oh, the yeah, ambulance yeah. match against Kane like that like fight for your family kind of like mentality kind of like sparked Shane McMahon he came back did the whole DX McMahon thing but that was kind of his like last run like it wasn't like no one like really like he, they popped for Shane McMahon but like it's kind of like the die down Shane McMahon let me paint a picture let me paint a picture Triple H continued on the run until post WrestleMania 31 Everyone's getting real tired of Triple H. He's got too big for his britches to run in WWE. He thinks he owns the place. He thinks he's got no competition coming his way. You know, he's doing his thing in WWE. You hear Shane McMahon's music pop into the ring. The arena goes crazy. They go haywire. He comes into the ring and says, no, this is your company. This is my company. Boom, that's like seven months of booking right there. Shane McMahon gets the stable. Triple H has the authority. Those stables go together. I'm telling you, that's gold right there. Goal. Honestly, I'd rather have Shane McMahon come back and fight against the authorities than have them do whatever they're doing for the next three months. Yeah, I agree with that, but I just, I just want like if he's coming back, it better be in like a physical role. I don't want to see him in the back. Like Shane McMahon, like him in a nice street fight right now would really spice it up. I don't know. I feel like I, I love Shane McMahon. I just think if he's coming back, it better be physical. I would love to see him in Triple H street fight WrestleMania, like a big, big match. But I don't see him. Like him, like you said, it needs something to spice up. Like Shane McMahon would spice up, but like, do that many people really know who Shane McMahon is? Like Stephanie McMahon's on TV, so people know. Like, oh, Stephanie McMahon, she's Triple H's wife, and Vince is like Shane McMahon hasn't been a lot. Like kids nowadays probably don't even know who Shane McMahon really is because he's not brought up. Like, they don't bring he's him been, up he's enough. Been Larry Zbyszko, but if you've been watching for the last not even a decade, the last eight or seven years, you know the name Shane McMahon. I mean. You, all, all three of us know Shane McMahon. I'm sure there are hundreds of people like us, thousands of people like us, millions of people like us. Yeah, but like I said, like kids, that, like I said, maybe a couple of years ago when he was on a lesser role, like people like 10 years ago knew who Shane McMahon was. He was in the company. He was a VP. He was wrestling. He was in big storylines. Like he's not in like, he hasn't been brought up like Linda and all them. They're still like mentioned. Like nowadays you don't want to hear much about Shane McMahon. Well, he I don't was, know. Kids be- I don't know if kids these days are just lazy, but when I was when I was ten years old and a name came out into the ring and I had no idea who they were, I hopped into the Google machine and I Googled their name. I see Shane McMahon coming back as no problem to the ten year olds out there. And all you gotta say is, I'm Shane McMahon they, oh, if you don't remember who I am, I'm Shane McMahon, the son of Instant Man, and boom, ten year olds are caught up. And that's where the WWE Network comes in too. I mean I think you can just go up and search the name, but I think the thing is here that I don't I, I would love to see Shane McMahon back in WWE. That's the bottom line. Whether he's a babyface or a heel, I don't care what he's doing. I would love to see him back. But what I'm saying is, I just don't see it being likely. Like you said before, I think Shane said in an interview before WrestleMania this year, they asked him if he'd be interested in coming back. He said, it's not in the cards right now. Maybe at some point. I don't see him being a regular character. A one-off appearance, I could definitely see. Exactly. I could see him like a one-off appearance, him fighting Triple H, maybe a month feud for the for like... Stake in the company or like ownership of the company yeah. when Vince obviously moves along. I, I can't see, but him I don't see him time. coming back. He's a VP of some like he's doing blockbuster right kind now, of yeah. thing in China. He's, he's a VP. On. He's older at his age. I don't see him coming back for anything too major right now. And that's his thing too. I, I think if you look up a picture of Shane McMahon, re, like recently, he looks exactly like his father. Like he's gray hair now and all this other kind of stuff. Like he's not the same guy that we saw on TV. 
I think maybe five years ago, and I know they wouldn't go back to that, but it was Orton who took him out of commission in the first place. He punted him in the head. Shane McMahon could come back and rival Randy Orton and the authority if he was still a part of the authority at that part in time and Triple H. I would love to see him in one more match, but I think it's past that point where he can still work a match. I have no idea. We haven't seen him in such a long time. But uh, on a side note, though, WWE.com did a poll on their website a couple of months ago asking who would love, they would like to see back in WWE, and they were all realistic choices. Or I'm sorry, not who they would like to see back, who they would like to see one more match from. Um, I think it was Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold, The Undertaker, and out of all of those people, Shane McMahon got the highest poll, got the highest voting in that poll. So it goes to show that people do know who Shane is. I just don't think, like I said before, it's possible that we He's see him. 44 years old. I just don't see it being a, you know, a regular thing for him to be on TV with the authority every single week, maybe for like a one-off thing or like a maybe one-month thing going into WrestleMania. But aside from that, um, I, I don't think it's possible. would love to see it, just don't see it being all that likely. But um, we'll transition from that a little bit to talk about something a little more comedic, I guess. Um, Damian Mizdow, Damian Sandow, around this time a year ago, actually a, a year ago today or a year ago next week, he cashed in his Money in the Bank briefcase Lost to John Cena, and he's been a jobber ever since. But in the last couple of months, and I was over at your house, John, when he made his debut as Damian Mizdow, and I'm thinking, well, this is really dumb, but he's made it into something really entertaining every single week. So, RJ, I ask you first, do you think that he's making the most of this gimmick? Do you think he's going to stick with it for the very near future? And do you think they might kind of transition into a Miz Mizdow feud at some point in time after what happened last night on Raw? Obviously, I feel like he's doing the best he can with the feud. It's kind of like Cody Rhodes doing the best Stardust gimmick. Yeah, it's exactly. what it is, your job. He's working. He's got to make the character stick. He does. I love how he impersonates the Miz during the matches. He like does exactly what happens. It's actually pretty funny. I think he obviously wants to be in a bigger role than he is, obviously. I don't think anyone wants to be someone's stunt double or sidekick. They want to be the main event, obviously. But I feel like he's doing his best he can now. He's getting over with the fans. Um... I hope he doesn't go back to like the old like all, his old gimmick. I feel like that's kind of in the He's past. past. Can't that really point, go yeah. back to that. Yes, but um, I feel like they could work to the Miz Miz Dow feud if he keeps getting over. Like the Miz keeps getting mad. Like he beat Sheamus. Maybe the Miz loses Sheamus again. Exactly. Yeah. Miz Dow says, "Oh, I beat Sheamus." Like they kind of like brags about it, and then they kind of feud. I could see a feud like that. But like I said, after the Miz Dow character, like where does the Damian Sandow character evolve to next? Is the bigger question out of the whole thing, but. I would like to see it's something fresh, a new feud, be a reason, a reason, a reasonable feud for a reason. I'd like to see it. I like the character, how he's getting over now, and uh, that's pretty much it about Damian Mizdow. People often make the comparison with Damian Sandow earlier on in his career to Hunter Hearst Helmsley. How I'm not saying Damian Sandow's the next Triple H, <laughs> but and like you said before, Took he a can't terrible go... gimmick and kind of like yeah, exactly, exactly. He can't go back to what he was before. But if he can kind of become maybe more rebellious or like the Degeneration X kind of Triple H, he's not showing his ass every single week. He doesn't need to do that. But a little more edgy, I guess you could say, for Damian Sandow. He did that about a year ago after he lost to John Cena in an awesome match. He showed some more character development. But then after that, they made him job so much that it lost all meaning and he hadn't really gone anywhere since. But um, John, I know even dating back to two years ago when you and I were doing Savis GSM, I remember you were never really the biggest Damian Sandow fan, so I'm really interested to get your thoughts on this. Are you a fan of the Damian Mizdow character? Do you see it going places, and do you think Damian Sandow is more capable of what he's being given right now? I really enjoy the concept of Miz having a stunt, so I thought that was great. You know, to 
And as a business and as an industry, when you think you've seen it all, that's something that when it, when it first debuted, I was like, wow, I've never seen that. That is great. You know, made that a stunt, stunt double. How cheap is that? But um, so when I first saw the concept, yeah, no, I was down with it. I dug it. But uh, currently, I mean, I'm, I'm just one of those people who's not huge on Damien Sanda. I think he's doing the best he can with what he's given. And Booking 101 states that, you know, uh, Sandow turns face at the end of all this, has a few minutes, goes over, and then, you know, he's solid baby face. Spoken one one right there. But um, for what he's, he's given, Sandow's doing all right. And I, to make a comparison, I know people said he's Triple H is the project, but for for you to say, you know, oh, you got to hit the, you got to turn the gear into DX Triple H next. That's a, that's a little out there, Graham. But, it's a bold statement, uh, I know. I uh, I like I like what he's doing. Uh, I like it a lot better than being um, the um, the savior of the unwashed masses. What I'm hoping they do is that they don't. He continues to get over, and like you said before, maybe they have him have Miz turn on him, or maybe vice versa even. And then he goes on to become a solid babyface. But the only problem here that I might foresee is that it goes back to the Miz and Alex Riley from a couple years ago. And Alex Riley was the Miz's lackey. He turned on Miz. Remember, people were chanting his name that night. He was one of the most over guys at that point in time. How'd he do? Alex Riley, that's exactly it. They had a good feud, but after he went over on the Miz, and the Miz, I went over the Miz in 2014, is not the same as it was in 2011. But even still, though, I, I don't think, like with Alex Riley, he was doing so, so well that year that after he, that breakup with the Miz and he beat him and all this other kind of great stuff, and then they did nothing with him. He just faded off in obscurity. And that's what I'm fearful with with Damian Sandow. They're thinking, okay, he's making the most of this gimmick. He's not supposed to be getting cheered, so let's punish him for it. I don't know how likely that is. It's just a scenario here. And then they just have Miz turn on him, and they abandon the gimmick, and that's it. And Damian Sandow's off TV for how many months, whatever. So I don't want to say that's going to happen, but it's just a thought. I don't really want to see Damian Sandow... Um, off TV, I want to see him get over with this gimmick, abandon it, and then go on to do better things. I'm not saying he's going to be a world champion, but he is capable of bigger and better things in WWE. So with that being said, we'll transition from that into our Hell in a Cell predictions for this upcoming Sunday. WWE Hell in a Cell live on the WWE Network tonight, or I'm sorry, Sunday night, 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 7 <laughs> Central Time. And speaking of Damian Mizdow, they will be on the pre-show. I think it's Damian Mizdow TV and then The Miz is going to be the guest or something silly like that, but there's no bonus match as of right now. Yeah, it's, uh, like they said, pre-show was Usos and the Star Brothers, or I think I saw that today. I don't know if they're going to be on the pre-show. I know that's added to the show itself, hmm. but I know Paul Heyman's on the panel, um, so I don't know how much that may. I mean, Paul Heyman's great and all, but I'm not, I never watched the pre-show, so we'll have to wait and see how, how that goes. But kicking off the show, though, we'll, we'll talk about that first. Um, the WWE Tag Team titles will be on the line. Stardust and Goldust defending the WWE Tag Team titles against the Usos in a rematch from Night of Champions. John, I'll start with you. Who do you got for this matchup? Uh, this is a shocking one because Stardust and Goldust have been on a roll. But in the world of WWE right now, titles mean nothing. So I'm going to go with uh, the Usos in this one. I'm going to say that the Usos go over and hopefully see the team Goldust and Stardust break up. I'm going to say that the Usos are, yeah, the Usos have more potential challengers as champions than Goldust and Stardust do. Because let's say they beat the Usos on Sunday. After that, where do they go? So I'm thinking the Usos win back the belts on Sunday. They're going to defend against the Ascension. And let's say Miz Dow and Miz don't break up immediately. They can have them go for the tag team titles and maybe prolong that a little bit. And then have Sandow break up with Miz a little later down the line, maybe going into WrestleMania season. I'm not really sure, but 
I've got the Usos here as well. Two for the Usos, none for Stardust and Goldust. RJ, what are your thoughts on this contest? Who do you see going over? So, uh, I was gonna say the I was gonna say Goldust and Stardust, but I can see where you're coming from with the feuds. But what's the point of having them win at Night of Champions just to lose? They're hot right now. I feel like people are over on them right now. I feel like I've actually starting to light them a little bit more now. Um, I could see, like they said, there's no one really to feud with after. But I just don't. I just don't know why you'd give them. What's a one month title run really? I, like you said, titles don't mean much right now. So no, but that's exactly it though. They did um, the same thing with AJ and Dolph. Yeah, but that was a good feud though. It, it was different. I don't think AJ should have lost in the first place. But that bed, it's people bed to differ. Like I said. I think the Wyatt should have won the titles a while yeah, ago. Yeah, that yeah. never happened. I'm yeah. just going to go with Stardust and Goldust because I don't think there's any point of them losing. I feel like they're hot right now. Why kill them while they're hot? I'm going to go with Dust Brothers. Yeah, Dust Brothers, two for the Osos. Up next on the WWE Hell in the Cell show, we've got for the Divas Championship, speaking of AJ Lee and Paige, the Divas title is on the line. AJ will be going one-on-one -on -one with the former Divas champion, Paige. It was recently added to the total Divas cast. Could that affect the outcome of this contest? RJ, I bring this to you. Who do you see going over? AJ. AJ? Still Divas champion. Do you see the end? Do you see the feud ending after this point, or do you see it? That's it. Do you see it continuing? I see it continuing, probably. Going into the Survivor Series or the rest of the year? Oh, uh, shit. That was a hard one. I'll say the end of the year. Why not? End of the year? Yeah, there's really no other potential challenges for that Divas title right now. So i got to go with AJ. I mean, they've traded the title so many times in 2014 that it's ridiculous. And this feud has been very underwhelming, in my opinion, which, which sucks. Because John and I were in attendance for when AJ won back the title in the first place in Hartford. And I was really excited for that feud. But they did the whole lesbian thing, the best friend thing, whatever the hell they're doing right now. And I don't know. They really lost their way with this feud. But that's aside from the point. John, who do you got going over in this contest? Um, the sad part is, I don't, if AJ does go over, let's say she does, I don't see what she does next. I mean, I know that, you know, you got all those divas that have, have really been forgotten over the last couple months, but I think that, that there's a lot more to do with Paige winning the title back. There's a lot more to do, and you could really expand on it. I'd like to see AJ win, but I'm going to go with Paige for all this stuff. You've got, uh, you can see like, you can see like uh, AJ Lee, like Nikki Bella feud if Nikki Bella goes over at Hell in a Cell. Something I could that, see that, yeah. But uh, maybe not right away, but I'll, I could see that. But like, who would Paige go against if she won? Like Brie, Brie Bella, I guess. I don't know. I could That's see those are the only relevant divas right now, yeah. Uh, I guess I don't know. Divas it, division's starting to really. Get the title it doesn't so mean anything more. anyway, yeah. Exactly. So we just see the same matches every single week. We've seen the same freaking matches. Yeah. Like, why put on the paper that we've already seen it? Like, I'm pretty sure it's Cesaro and them on the card. No, they're actually having that title match on Friday on SmackDown. Yeah, I don't know why they're not doing it at Hell in the Cell, but they're doing it. I don't know why if they not? maybe do a screwy match or screwy finish to their match on Friday, then build to the Hell in the Cell, but even then that makes no sense. The champions mean nothing because Dolph Ziggler has lost like the last four of his matches, which makes no sense. But, um, John, do you see the fact that Paige was added to the Total Divas cast affecting the outcome of Sunday's contest in that there was a rule or a rumor going around. Stephanie, Man Stephanie McMahon actually shot down this rumor today, of, you know, of all things. Um, that any member of the Total Divas cast cannot hold that championship because of timing issues with the show and whatever else. Do you think this hurts Paige's chances of winning on Sunday, and do you still have her as your pick? Um, I'm still going to keep her as my pick because you know, this is, it would just be one of those rivalries where they, it just keeps going back and forth, momentum keeps going back and forth. It's been, it's been like that since uh, SummerSlam, so, or uh, before SummerSlam, actually. So um, I would... I, 
like you said, that rumor was dispelled, but I would definitely see Paige going over AJ. And speaking of feuds we don't really care about, Sheamus defending the United States Championship against The Miz on Sunday night. Um, John, who do you got going over in this match? This is a hard one because, you know, it means nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the Sheamus is on the straps is what, May 2nd? Uh, around that time? Yeah, May 5th, May, yeah. May 5th. Cinco de Mayo. And he's, he's literally done nothing. He's had, like, zero programs to fill. Nope. So I, I'd like to see The Miz um, go over, but then that just puts him back into obscurity. All right, Miz is the U.S. champ now. I'm pretty sure he was just the IC champ a couple of weeks ago. It's just like <laughs> exactly. these, these mid-card mid titles mean nothing. None of these titles mean anything. The IC title but means I mean, nothing. What was that? I mean, the WWE title has some prestige at least. I feel like the tag team just, title has some meaning. They tag team right. titles and the WWE title are okay, but the mid-card titles and the Divas title mean nothing. Well, like, they've they changed so many hands. Yeah, exactly. And Sheamus, who, hasn't, who has held that title for a significant period of time, has done nothing as champion. Like, people forget that he even has a title because he's lost so much and he's never on TV and he has no feuds going for him. I just don't get it. But, uh, John, who do you got going over here? Um, I'm going to go with Miz over Sheamus. Okay, I've got Sheamus going here, if only because I don't know what the outcome of Friday's title match will be. And I, titles never really change hands on SmackDown, so I see Ziggler going over. But what I could see happening is that Sheamus wins here. Cesaro somehow wins that title, whether it be on Friday night or the pay-per-view or whatever. And they could possibly do a unification match for those two mid-card titles. We've talked about this at, uh, multiple times in the past. If there's any time to do it, they might as well do it with Sheamus and Cesaro because they've always had great matches. Even still, though, I just people do not care about the mid card right now that it would mean anything. I don't really know, but I see Sheamus going over here. Um, wait, you said Miz? I'm sorry, John, or you said Sheamus? To Miz. Yeah, I said I have Miz going over. Okay, Miz for you. I've got Sheamus. RJ, you the tiebreaker. I'll say Miz. I'll say Damian Sando interferes. Miz wins. Do you think they feud over the U.S. title at some point later down the line? Who? Miz Dow and Miz. Yes. Okay. That add a little something to a few too. Because you'd be like, I helped you win it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that. Yeah, I can get down with that. I, I really don't care about Sheamus, so really it doesn't matter <laughs> either way. I, if, if they were going to drop the title to anyone, it should have been Cesaro and out of champions, but they didn't pull the trigger on that. So if he wasn't going to be Cesaro, I don't know who Sheamus will lo eventually lose to, but I don't see it being uh, I don't see it being Miz. Maybe they do Rusev Sheamus down the line. Again, no one cares about yeah, Sheamus. But no one but... would care if Rusev had the title either. So. No, I know, but it'd make more sense if they had the Russian with the U.S. title and making fun of it. I mean, it'd make more sense than Miz at this point in time. I'm a, I'm a big Miz fan, but we'll have to wait and see. But I've got Sheamus. You guys got Miz up next for the... Actually, nothing on the line here. No championships on the line. But there is something up for grabs. Whoever the loser of this match is has to be the other... It has to be the winner's bitch for, uh, and I quote there, for a month. And if they don't comply, they will be forced to quit the WWE. It's Brie Bella versus Nikki Bella, one of the most anticipated matches in WWE history. RJ, I'll start with you. What are you thinking? Brie or Nikki? Nikki. Nikki? Any real reason? She's a heel. She needs a bitch. And... Bree isn't going to be Bree's ordering like, her around for a month. Exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I could care less who wins this match. It's kind of a pointless match. I guess it's a culmination of their feud that's kind of died since... Like, it had a good meeting at first, and then they kind of just killed the whole thing. The but, execution was terrible, yeah. but... So, I'm just going to say Nikki Bella. She's the heel. And they'll continue this anyway, so... Yeah, they'll just keep going. Like, they'll, like she'll be her bitch for a month, and then they'll fight over it again. 
Exactly. They'll still be feuding until They're the end of the year. Kind of like that, like GBL and Shawn Michaels. Exactly. Feud, GBL was like, exactly. GBL had Shawn Michaels as a bitch, and then she, Shawn Michaels beat him, and then he wasn't his bitch anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. it could be the same thing. It just that's Survivor. It's just another thing. thing for the Bells to do because they just something for them to do, pretty much. So I'll say yeah. Nikki Bella. Why okay. not? Why not? Nikki Bella. I've got Nikki Bella as well for the same exact reasons. John, who do you got? It's academic that Nikki Bella is going over here. I mean, there's no way, there's no logic to have Brie Bella um, have Nikki as her servant. But, um, yeah, 100% Nikki going over here. Up next, we've got Big Show versus Rusev, Rusev. on Sunday night. Rusev. Um, John, I'll start with you. We'll get to RJ's prediction in a second. Who do you got, Big Show or Rusev? Let me explain. I have Big Show going over via DQ with Mark Henry running down and World's Strongest Slam the Big Show. Didn't we see that on Raw, though, without the Mark Henry heel turn? Mark Henry running down and not, not Rusev winning, but Big Show winning. Mark Henry turning heel on Big Show at Hell in a Cell. I got the same thing happening. I don't know if they'll pull the trigger at Hell in a Cell because usually they do they further tease it, but then they'll just have him. They'll do the turn on Monday night, which is what I'm thinking, but they'll do the turn eventually. I still won't care about Big Show versus Mark Henry. But um, I think they will give the win to Rusev. They're not going to have Big Show end his streak. And maybe they could have Big Show win via DQ, but they did the DQ finish on Raw and SmackDown for the last couple, uh, for the last couple of their few encounters over the last uh, month or so. So I've got Rusev going over here via pinfall. I have no idea how they'll have Mark Henry interfere or something along those lines, but I've got Rusev going over here via pinfall or submission. Who do you got? And who do you see turning heel, Mark Henry or Big Show in this view? Rusev... And then Mark Henry, I'd see go heel. Why would Big Show go heel? I'd be no reason to. Meant to rephrase that. Do you see that? Do you see the turn happening? I could see it happen, but I could give two shits. They already did this before. (laughs) They've had their feud. If anything, I could see like Mark Henry at like the ringside. Big Show knocks Rusev out, and then right when he's gonna go, then he jumps in. And like I don't care though. Like it's just another feud I could give two shits about. So I see Rusev winning. I could care less about Rusev, and I care less about. Big Show and Mark Henry. So you don't see Rusev's undefeated streak coming to an end no. on Sunday, John? Uh, no, I I don't think Big Show's the guy to do it. I don't think he's gonna. Um, I don't see it happening. Gotta put, uh, put yeah, like yeah. Rusev would go into Superstar Main Event if he lost the Big Show. Yep. Uh, he's, uh, who ended his like? It's like Bo <laughs> Dallas's undefeated streak Where got beat by our truth. He's in NXT, I think. I guess I don't know. It's just <laughs> yeah, stupid. Yeah. You're not if they're gonna have someone beat the streak. Has to be someone that's like meaningful. Do you think that person's gonna be John Cena? Yes. You think so? Yep. Do you want it to be John Cena? Or do you I, not I don't like Rusev, so I could care less who beats him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But we'll transition from that into Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins. One of two matches inside Satan's structure, Hell in a Cell. Brock Lesnar. Um, I don't know why I said Brock Lesnar. I just called RJ Brock Lesnar. RJ, who yeah. do you see going? Who do you see going over here? Um. I see uh, Ambrose going over. Ambrose going over? I feel like he's got... They really... Like, Rollins kind of get over him all the summer. And I feel like uh, Ambrose is finally going to get over on him. I'll say Ambrose. Regardless of whether it continues past this point or not, I mean, within the next couple of years or so, do you see this being the end of the feud for now, or do you see it continuing until the end of the year? I can see them pushing out through the year, maybe having them be captains of a Survivor Series team. Then culminating it with TLC at TLC at the TLC pay per view. So oh, that'd be great, actually. Yeah. But just another few that's dragging their ass along. So I could see going into the year. Like I said, they could be captains, team Rollins, team Ambrose at Survivor Series. They could put some shitty guys in that match just to fill the card, and then 
end their feud with the TLC for the briefcase. Rollins gets over. Okay, is there any feud you do like going on right now? I like the Ambrose and uh, Rollins feud, but just starting to get a little old. It's just dragging on. It's just dragging on. I don't know. I just feel like it's getting way too long. I agree. I, I I see Dean Ambrose going over here, if only because Seth Rollins won at SummerSlam. He won the next night on Raw. It's time for Dean Ambrose to get a win, and then hopefully from there, like you said, I can see them doing a Rollins versus Ambrose match at Survivor Series, like Authority versus like the up and coming baby faces. Like their Survivor Series matches haven't meant anything in forever. Like the whole pay per view has lost its luster in the last five years or so, so they don't give two craps about it. But um, that would be a good idea, though. I would look forward to that if they did that, and then they built towards a TLC match in December. But um, I got Rollins. I've got Ambrose going over as well. So what about you, John? Who do you uh, see going over in this contest? I, I actually have uh, Rollins going over. Do you really? For what reason? I think that um, because he's just money in the bank and he's got the most riding on this. To be honest, Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't need to win. Just despite what you guys think, he gets a lot of. He gets a lot of heat on Raw. So he, if he, if you were to lose at home himself, there wouldn't be a massive unfollowing of Dean Ambrose. People would so love him. So there's there's no reason that he needs to win this Sunday. I think that in order for Rollins to look as badass as he is, he's gonna to need to go over on Dean Ambrose in that fashion. And of course, maybe get Ambrose to a turn shot the next day on Monday. And you gotta prolong this because to be honest, this is the only program they have going on that means anything. So if this this, this, should, this shouldn't end the hell in a cell, it needs to keep going until we get Reigns back, until we get Daniel Bryan back, until Lesnar can start wrestling again. This is the only program that we have that means anything. So I think that in order to keep going, um, we need the heel to go over so the baby face is something to chase. So I got Rollins going over in the hell in a cell. Couldn't you see, like, maybe if Amber, if this feud ends at Hell in a Cell, maybe they go Randy Orton and Seth Rollins and then Cena and Ambrose going on for the rest of the year? Maybe not just a new, fresh feud, not prolonging this feud, because what's Cena and Orton going to do after this number one containers match? Exactly. The matches are going to happen at Survivor Series, and we'll get to that in a second. I don't know what they do with these guys going forward for the rest of the year until WrestleMania season. But um, on the thing with Seth Rollins, so I think... And I'm not saying I want to see this. I'm just saying I'm just thinking from a WWE official standpoint. They've done this how many times in the past, where they think that the guy has the briefcase, so he's fine. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's another reason why they could let Seth Rollins lose. It won't look as bad because he still has like that money in the bank. That's why he lost to Roman Reigns on Raw. Exactly. He still has the money in the bank contract. He still has that chance that whenever Brock Lesnar comes back to cash in and get the championship. So I don't think it'd look that bad if he did lose. I feel like even if obviously Ambrose loses. It's not the biggest deal in the world, but he hasn't won a pay-per-view match in a while that actually meant something. So I feel like him going over on Rollins would give him like that tie-tie after SummerSlam. That they're like kind of like that equal level, and then the next match is adding up with like put one over the other one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could very well go either way. I really won't mind either way. There's really like, oh, I won't you know hate it if Rollins won. Yeah. Or I wouldn't hate it if Ambrose won. It's going to be a great match. I'm looking forward to it. And this is not a testament to that. I think that John Cena and Radio and will main event just because we're talking about it last. There's just more at stake. It's made of It's made of anything. <laughs> but the winner of this matchup will go on to become, or go on to get a future championship match. At what period in time? We'll talk about that right now. RJ, I'll start with you. Who do you see going over in John Cena versus Randy Orton? The revisiting of one of the biggest feuds in WWE history, at least modern history. And um, when do you see that title match happening between the winner of this contest and the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, Brock Lesnar? Um... I whenever it's gonna, I wanted to see it happen. Survivor Series. It sounds like it won't happen until 2015. So, 
I can't really speculate when he's going to come back. I want Survivor Series, but it sounds like it's not going to be till January. But I could, see, I could, some reason, I, I, I think Orton will get over if it's a one, a pinfall or a submission, or whatever. But I can see or Lesnar coming back and somehow like a no contest or something like that. Orton's vying that he hasn't got his title match since WrestleMania yet, and then Cena's vying that he should have beat Lesnar, but then he got screwed. Then they have a triple threat between Lesnar, Cena, and Orton. That could happen. That's a that's a big match. They actually put that together. I want to see. I would want to see Orton go over just a fresh face. Him against Lesnar, Cena and Lesnar. We've seen it plenty of times recently. So I hope it's Lesnar, uh, Cena, uh, Orton, and Lesnar. But I wouldn't be. I would like this. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad if. Orton Cena fought versus Lesnar, but I would want to see it more sooner than later. It's kind of getting the contest kind of against Steel. The same, same stuff. We need Lesnar back in the fold to make it mean something. Get newer feuds going on. Pretty much anything but John Cena going over here. Is yes. what you're saying. So either a no contest or Orton going over. Yes. So with that being said, Brock Lesnar is not advertised for any dates for the next like month and a half, which is usually a testament to when he's going to appear on the show. I don't like to buy into that kind of stuff, but. It has proven to be right in the past. Next show that he's advertised for is the Slammy Awards show, which is a go-home show for TLC. So do you think there's a remote possibility that that title match could happen in TLC? And do you think Brock Lesnar could, you know, compete in a TLC matchup in 2014? But the thing is, like, if you're going to have him come back, why wouldn't you have him come back for one of your four big pay-per-views instead of having him come out at TLC? I just don't understand. Like, I don't get, like, the whole of him having him out. If they really wanted him to come back and they knew he was going to get the title eventually, they could have put it in his contract. You're going to win the title. You need to work X amount of dates. But I feel like it's WWE's fault that he's not back yet. I don't think No, he, it's not his fault. No. I feel like he's getting paid that. He could give us two shits less. He shows up for Raw for 20 minutes or something yeah, like that. If you're getting paid that much, exactly. why would you care? But I just think that WWE thought, like, oh, we have Reigns, we have Daniel Bryan. At that point, when they signed the contract before, of him yeah. not knowing, yeah. then well, these guys go down, and Lesnar's not there. And then they're like, what the hell do we do now? Like, it just, the title means... Means something because it like Lesnar has it all that he's won, but it's just starting to really kind of like people like want to see Lesnar out there, like they want to see him out there wrestling. They want like fresher feud. They want to see him defend the title. It's kind of getting to like that rock point. It's like, is he gonna come back eventually? Like when's he coming back? Survivor Series, Royal Rumble. Like it just, I want to see Lesnar come back. It just, it just, I don't think it's gonna happen till 2015. I'm kind of in that. In between mindset, that I don't really need to see Brock Lesnar on every Raw. It would be great, no, but yeah, I'm with that. I don't need to see him every week. But I want to see him defend at it least at on the, the pay per views. Exactly. If he showed up for every pay per view, at the very least on one pay per view every few months, like Survivor Series, I'm fine with that. But not to have him to have him not defend at Hell in a Cell, Survivor Series, and TLC is a little much. And that's cutting way too close to WrestleMania season. He's going to only have like one or two title defenses yeah, under his belt. But how long? I think The Rock went pretty long without defending the title because he did wrestle at that Survivor Series, but he was a tag team with John Cena that year. So I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that was the year he had the title too. No, no, no. He no. didn't win until 2013. He won it. He won at the Royal Rumble. Defended against Punk in Elimination Chamber, then waited until WrestleMania. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, all right. I'm, I was thinking of him coming back, but still, yeah. I feel like three months, three months without the title is kind of pushing as long as they can. Eight months. Like I said, at that point, like maybe do, make an interim champion, something to mean something, and then they can fight Lesnar. Exactly. Like they need a like a face. Like right now, we don't have a face right now. We need a face, and it's just not there. The future title shot makes this match mean a little bit more than it was before. That goes without saying. But Obviously. Without, I just don't. You know, Orton goes over here. Let's say. 
then by the time Royal Rumble comes around, like I completely forgot who's even in line for a title shot. Also, like, also it's just stupid because like, all right, Orion goes over in October. He could get hurt. He could get hurt. He could get hurt in November Survivor exactly. Series match. Then, then that just throws the whole wrench and the whole plans. He could get hurt at TLC and he's waiting for this match at Royal Rumble. Like, you need to get this guy back so he can make new feuds and make more. Like, the company's dying in ratings. They need a guy that like will make people watch and like have a meaning. No one's gonna watch Raw because there's no meaning to it. Because there's no champion. There's no like thing that people achieve. You're, people like say like I wrestled to be the WWE champion. You can't wrestle to be the WWE champion right now because he's not around. Exactly, so it doesn't make yeah. any sense. I don't know. I feel like. Or, like, if they're going to have Orton or Cena go over, they need to have Lesnar fight the next pay-per-view. Or then, like, they're risking yeah, then don't the next month of booking. Exactly. It's a lose-lose, because exactly. no one's going to care about the match, but they need to make it mean something. But It Lesnar's does mean more that. than it did, like, it's just because they fought, like, Orton and Cena didn't mean much, and then now that has the title match, yeah. it means a little bit more, but still, Orton and Cena. I've got Orton going over here. If we're not going to get a no contest, I've got Orton going over here, because Cena, I just... We can't see Cena Lesnar anymore. Why? Why do we need to see that match again? If they're going to do it, then freaking do it at Hell in a Cell. Don't waste my time until Royal Rumble. Like, we've seen this match so many times. And then that would, then, then if Cena fought Lesnar at Royal Rumble, he probably wouldn't be in the Rumble match either. Yeah, exactly. It's stupid. So, that being said, though, I've got Orton going over here. He teased it on Monday with the whole thing with Paul Heyman. Whenever the match happens, I've got Orton going over. But, John, we haven't heard from you in a while, so I want to get one of your thoughts on this contest. Who do you got, Cena and Orton, and when? Do you see whoever the winner of this match is getting that title shot? As much as I'd like to see uh, Orton go over here, I have a blind intuition that WWE is going to strike again. We're going to get Cena Lesnar at uh, TLC. I don't think that Lesnar's going to make it back for Survivor Series because he's unadvertised until uh, December 8th. So I'm thinking that we'll see Cena Lesnar at TLC, and that's not what I want, but that's what I, I feel is going to to happen, what we're going to get. Um, that triple threat match that RJ mentioned sounds epic, and I wish we could see that sometime soon. But uh, I got Cena, especially because uh, Cena's never beat Orton now in the social chamber. He's never beat him in the structure. So I, I, I don't know why we see Orton go over again, um, especially years later, but I'm thinking that uh, Cena's, uh, Cena's going to go over at Hell in a unfortunately. Cena, Cena, John, Orton, me, what's your final pick? I'm I'm still sticking with Orton. I just if he loses the Cena, where does that put Randy Orton? Cena can like, he he can lose to anyone. He should and still be John Cena. Story too. Exactly, he can lose to anyone, and he's still John Cena. Randy Orton right now is at a state that he's starting to get momentum. If he loses the Cena again, <laughs> exactly where does that it. put Randy Orton back to? It just like he's then he's not going to continue a feud with Cena because he's not going for anything. It's not like he's going to fight for him again for another number one contender match. I feel like Randy Orton needs to win this match. I know like they want like Cena and Lesnar again. They should have done that at Hell in a Cell then. And then if they wanted a number one contender shot and if Cena lost like again like controversially, then you have Randy Orton versus uh, Cena at Survivor Series. But I don't get why have Orton lose because he's the one at the at this moment has the most to lose because then he goes down to that. And like non-factor again, like he was this whole summer. He really wasn't that big of a deal. And if you lose to Cena, then he's that he's packed to where he is. And Cena can lose. Like I said, Cena can lose to anyone, and he's still, still John, John Cena. Cena. Exactly. Like that's why I still don't get why he didn't lose to Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. <laughs> it's still I'm still mad about that, but it's still for another day. And if maybe Cena does lose, and maybe does if Bray Wyatt ever comes back, I don't want the freak they're doing with him <laughs> so maybe if he does come back maybe fight Cena again I don't know but I feel like Orton has most to lose if he loses this match there's nothing really in the future 
big plan for him. Or Cena can do whatever, really. Can, they can do Rusev if they really wanted to do now. He can fight any of the, the bad heels or something like that. There's so many eyes on Orton right now. There is no better time for him to go over. You talked about it the last week. Maybe not on the show. I know we were talking about it before him. With all the RKO vines, with being as popular as ever. Randy Orton was tw- was trending on Twitter, I think, over the weekend. And it, wasn't, it wasn't like during Raw or SmackDown. He was just randomly trending on Twitter worldwide, too. So it goes to show how popular this guy is right now and how a babyface turn, anti-hero turn, however you look at it, it should be in the cards for the Viper. And if there's any time for him to go over, it should be on Sunday. But like we said, that's what I want to see happen. But like what John just said before, I think John Cena might go over. My official prediction is Orton, but I would not be surprised if Cena goes over. I wouldn't be surprised either, but no. it just Orton should win. But. On the whole, though, that's Hell in the Cell for Sunday night. I'm not extremely excited. It doesn't even feel like there's a pay-per-view on Sunday. Because all of these matches I couldn't give two craps about. I looked forward more so for tonight of Champions because a lot of those feuds weren't as stale. Like, I'm really looking forward to Ambrose and Rollins, but everything else in this it's just show... just a repeat of what we've seen already. Exactly. We've seen every one of these matches before, and I really just don't care. So hopefully we can uh, get in fast-forward mode going into WrestleMania season in the next couple of months. But, but they uh, spice up for Survivor Series. Exactly. Hopefully they can actually make Survivor Series mean something. Remember, John, we went to go see Survivor Series last year at Buffalo Wild Wings, one of the worst pay-per-views. We did. We did. We did. <laughs> Big Show versus Randy Orton was one of the worst pay-per-views I've ever seen. Best match of 2013. <laughs> oh, that was great. And you almost went to that show, too, because it was here in Boston, right? I didn't go, though. Thank that, God. Thank God. And you went to Money in the Bank and I said went to it was Money in the Bank show. and WrestleMania, so... Yeah, exactly. A, a complete 180 from Survivor Series last year. So hopefully they can make this show mean something. And, uh, you know, give us a few sparks or something. Like in 2012 at Survivor Series... The product was kind of lukewarm at the time. Bam, you had the Shield appear. And they debut and all those awesome matches. Like, we need to see something like that happen. At I didn't really mind, season. like, The Rock and Cena versus uh, Truth Awesome. No, that was the year prior. Was that your prior? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was 2011. But... I'm just getting my years mixed up. <laughs> no, they all blend together. I know. I feel like older Survivor Series meant something. Like, the traditional matches actually meant something. Exactly. Nowadays, they just put them together. Like, if you go back watch the really old, like, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003 Survivor Series, that's when, like, they actually meant something. Like, 2003, I was watching because it's, like, my favorite pay-per-view ever. It's on my birthday when I was 10 years old. I can't remember it. I cried when Undertaker got buried alive. <laughs> People can know that now. But, um, like, Lesnar like, Lesnar was a champion at the time. There was He didn't defend it. Didn't mean much. Like, no one really cared because he was in a – the traditional match actually meant something, like, Cena or in like the, uh, Cena angle, they had big names in it, so like it was a big like it meant something that Lesnar was in the match. Goldberg fought Triple H later that night. That was the title match, but I feel like the older like the traditional tag matches actually meant something. Like big names were in it, like like Randy Orton for the longest time was like known. He was a sole survivor, like, survivor four years in a row. Guy, yeah. He was like the man of Survivor Series. He won like three <laughs> years in a row, sole survivor. Made Austin leave. That's the year. Yeah, made Austin leave. Yeah, he was the one after Batista. Batista bombed uh, Shawn Michaels. Like, Randy Orton, like, that's how he kind of, like, gains his legs. He was a sole survivor, like, three or four years around. That's why now it means nothing. Like, a couple years, like, like, someone wins. It's like, oh, they win now. Whatever. Yeah, like, Roman Reigns was a sole survivor last year. Remember that? He eliminated everybody. But after that, like, no one really cared. Exactly, because it doesn't mean anything anymore. Exactly. I think that's why Randy Orton, not even that, too. Like, he's won a bunch of title matches at Survivor Series. That's why I want to see him go for he's the, the title. He's a Survivor Series man. And he's in, it's in St. Louis this year. It's in his hometown, <laughs> dude. Graham's I'm not even, I'm so, I'm marking so much, dude, because it needs to happen. Like, it writes itself. They're so dumb if they don't do that match. 
And I'm not even the biggest Randy Orton fan. You're a bigger Orton fan than I am, but I'm just saying this match needs to happen. I don't see it happening at Survivor Series, which sucks. I'll make it happen in WWE 2K15, which is coming out in about a week or so. I'm looking forward to that. Well, but, um, a week or so for Xbox 360 and PS3. Yeah, and then yeah, another yeah. month, which is so stupid. It's so dumb. But... I don't get that at all, but it's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looks like a great game regardless, though. Oh, but yeah. That's Hell in the Cell for Sunday, WWE 2K15. And that's going to wrap up WrestleRant Radio for October 21st, 2014. Ten days away from Halloween here at near Salem, Massachusetts. I'm looking forward to that. Halloween is one of my favorite days of the year. Should be great, though. It's on a Friday, too. I can't it's wait. on a Friday, too. Exactly. But before we go, John, thanks so much, buddy, for coming on. Always great talking to you. Hopefully, we can get you on Thank you, soon. guys. I really appreciate it. No problem, man. But, of course, while you're here in the line with us, make sure to plug your stuff. John's jargon, your Twitter, Facebook, anything you want to plug, man. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Heal by Design. That's at Heal by Design, and you can check my John's Jargon columns on NextEraWrestling.weebly.com for Grandpa's all this great stuff too. I love you guys. Thank you so much. No problem, brother. I'll see you on November thirteenth at Northeast Wrestling. Definitely, that's the 14th, but yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, November 14th, we're going to go see Kurt Angle and AJ Styles better than anything we're seeing in WWE right now, so that should be awesome. But there RJ. There you go. <laughs> exactly. RJ, I'll bring this to you right now. Shameless plug, shout-outs, Twitter, Facebook, blog, go. Ah, oh, God, I love the shout-outs. You got Molly, Cam, <laughs> Jeff, Sauce, Jamie, if I didn't say your name, too bad. At uh, Raymond underscore Marceau on Twitter. Um, my blog's on there as well. Um, Ray Marso on YouTube. And besides that, I'm going to watch Monday Night Wars when I get back to my room. Great show. What's Goldberg? Oh, Goldberg. Goldberg. Oh, big Goldberg guy. I, I loved Goldberg when he came back. When that show first started, people were like, they, remember they put no, up like three episodes? No, but the thing is they did with that show was so stupid. They like, they shouldn't like chapter by chapter, but they did like, like yeah. WCW... WCW dies in like three episodes. Everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah what yeah. the hell? Like, is it yeah, over?" Already? Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. But um, <laughs> we'll be back. At, you know, next week talking about Hell in a Cell, Monday Night Wars, all that kind of stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, exactly. It was really, really weird because yeah. they had they, they don't go year by yeah, exactly. year. They just do all this random kind of stuff. Like WCW dies, but the next week it's just it's like the cruiserweights of exactly. It didn't, it didn't really <laughs> yeah, exactly. like mold it together really well. So, yeah. but remember when the show first started, they aired all the episodes at once. Yeah. And then a fan was like, oh, they didn't feature you on the show. And he was like, typical WWE, like, wait it out. Exactly. Buddy. Wait it out. They're not done yet. Yeah. It's okay. Just yeah. give it some time. But I look forward to watching that, too. They have Mick Foley. or They have Goldberg and someone else, too. Or I don't know. They already did DX. It, no. Goldberg's on. I know that. I saw yeah. the Twitter picture. So I'm looking forward to that. But that being said, we'll be back next week with a Raw review and our thoughts on WWE Hell in a Cell. Looking forward to that. If you want to find us at nextairwrestling.weebly.com to listen to all the archived editions of WrestleRant Radio airing live right here on live365.com backslash stations backslash ECTV73. So, like I said before, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 Central Time, at WrestleRant on Twitter, Graham Gissa Matthews on Facebook. Like I said before, folks, enjoy Hell in a Cell on Sunday, and we'll see you next week.